Hey guys, real quick, right before we get started, I just wanted to let you know if you're in the western Pennsylvania area, Throbbing with Horror will be at Palooza in Johnstown, Pennsylvania on August 26th. Me, Greg of the Dead, Brett from Dimension Z, and even intern Corey, we will all be there. So if you're in the area, come out, check us out, it'll be free, come talk horror movies, learn about cryptids, all that fun stuff. Hello all you gore fiends and horror hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I always am by Greg of the Dead, how you doing man? Doing good. Also joined by Intercory, how did Intercory, hi man. Hey, what's up guys, how are you? Great, because we're talking about probably one of the, I would say top two best remakes ever. Ooh, that's Not lofty ever. right there. That's a bold statement. Not but ever, I mean, let's, I've, I've misspoke. 2000 early 2000s <laughs> okay i i'm better. not positive but we can positive. have this conversation okay yeah. better better number one being the friday the 13th remake which is also directed by marcus nispel the director of this movie the texas chainsaw massacre i might like this texas chainsaw better than that friday the 13th one really like, yeah i, I think i do I'm going to agree with Greg on this one. I, th I think I like this one. And it's not like a huge amount better. No. But it's like, I do like, boy. I like, I do like the Friday remake. I really do. But this one, I think was just a skosh better. Well, the thing is this, I have it a love hate relationship with this movie because this is a good remake. Toby Hooper was involved again. Uh, they got the original cinematographer to actually come back and shoot this movie the whole way through again. So there's a lot of that original love put into this. But this was done by Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes. And this was like the first big one. And so if we could go back in time and erase this movie from existence, maybe 2000 to 2010 wouldn't have just been chock full of terrible Platinum Dunes remakes. Then all we would have had was torture porn. I think this gives way to torture porn a little bit because audiences were shocked at the grisly, like violent content and everything. This is 2003. Saw doesn't come out till 2004. Hostel 2005. This honestly might be one of those early examples of it that helped lead us into that. Oh God, now I hate this movie. This made Saw. <laughs> Saw was probably already in production at this point. I'm sure. But you had, like, House of a Thousand Corpses, this, so, like, they were all kind of coming to the front. This was one of the earlier ones, though. I mean, Platinum Dunes honestly didn't do that many remakes. I think they get credited with a lot more than they did. Oh, my God, they did quite a bit. Because I, I was looking at it, I thought they just did this one, Nightmare, Friday the 13th, Hitcher, and Amityville. Hang on. We have the internet. Old men Google things. Texas Chainsaw, Amityville, Friday 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, is that really it? I feel like they did, like, Prom Night and stuff like that, too. Yeah, I feel like they did, like, had a million. I think they I think they just get credited for all of them. Like, people just say they did it. But they really... You might be didn't. right. 
they really didn't do that many remakes. Well, the ones they did, a lot of them were shit and led way to what we got. Oh. Yeah. The only one I haven't seen was the Amityville Horror remake. I've seen it. It's all right. Of course. Oh, is that the Ryan Reynolds one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, I can tell an old story for you new listeners. Brett, I apologize. You've heard the story a million times. But when I was in high school, well, junior high, or I was, I was still in elementary. Never mind when this came out. This movie scared the hell out of us as kids because the stupid thing they do at the beginning where they say based on a true story and then they do like the quote-unquote real walkthrough footage at the beginning and that's scaring me enough like there's an embedded fingernail right here I'm like, Ugh. and then the end of the movie i saw leatherface kill two people and listeners if you're new i legitimately thought leatherface killed those men and so did me and all my friends when we were like 11 or 12 this most terrifying thing in the world. I cannot believe they gave us real crime scene pictures in the DVD box set. This right. is insane. This is so disrespectful. <laughs> we thought it was. I, I didn't think about like, oh, the rights and real crime. But you're a kid. Oh, like, it's fucking terrifying. They showed those cops dying. Now, as someone who saw this movie as an adult, well, adult. It, no, I did not have the same experience as Greg. It is great footage, though. I love like how like uh, fucked up the film is and whatnot, and like how like there's all the smudges and like it looks like it's not even eight millimeter; it's like two millimeter or something. Like the footage is so shitty, and it, I could see where like a young mind could be like, "Holy shit, they put this in a real movie." Yeah, especially when they ended with, like, the case remains open and everything. I was scared. I was going to go to Texas one day, and Leatherface would get me. <laughs> um, I love the fact that they got uh, John Laura Kett back to do the narration, same as the original. Exactly. Oh, you you got to have him. Did they also just pay it? Like, is this one, like, the first one he got one joint to do it? This one, they're like, we're doubling your salary. You get two. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean... Or give him enough money he can buy his own joints? You know, something like that? No. I'm going to assume I... that John Lorikhead has has some weed money laying around now. I'm sure he's still getting some residuals off Night Court. He follows Toby Hooper around and just <laughs> catches what falls off of him. This is also just, this movie makes me happy because, you know, Toby Hooper got written a huge check for one of the first oh, times yeah. in his life. <laughs> Alright, so I guess that's my, like, First remembrance. What about you guys? Do you remember like first time seeing this and everything? Like I said, I was in I was in college when this came out. Um, Did you see it in theaters? Yeah, yeah. Um, my uh, one of my good friends was the manager of the now defunct Laurel Mall Cinemas Four at the time. So we all, the day he got it in and put it together, we all went in and watched it to make sure he put it together right. Are you like John Belushi where you're in college for like 10 years? How were you in college when this came out? You're like 80. Hey! <laughs> hey! Well, you right. Um, This is one that I saw like pretty early on. Um, Definitely like I would say elementary school or middle school. Uh, Well, I would probably say middle school. Most likely I saw this. Um, I liked it. I used to like it a lot more. I watched it through this time. It was still fun. 
but there's a lot more that sticks out to me of like, oh, this feels like early 2000s. But this is one of the top like box sets that I wanted to get because holy shit, this is back in the day when they could put together a fucking special edition. Right? You got, you got the um trifold out disc thing that becomes the chainsaw blade. You got the tin. You got the evidence photos, um, all kinds of special features. This movie almost doesn't deserve such an amazing, like, treatment of this a great box set of, like, Evil Dead Rise came out, and I've heard that there's, like, nothing on there. It's, like, the movie, and that's it. And scene selection. Uh, this, this is one we went, you know, again, you know, because I, I was old. Then we you got the senior uh, discount at the theater, right? But we went to we went to Walmart when they were still open twenty four hours a day, oh. and and waited until they wheeled the pallets of this out at midnight and cut the cut the shrink wrap off it and grabbed it. So you're, it's like when Terrifier Two came out. It's like day one. I was at Walmart. Like, where is that special steel disc? like steel uh disc set and they had to like they did the steel book they didn't even um put it out on the shelf yet it was still they had to cut the box open to give me like the first one yeah it was me me and me and a few friends from college went went to walmart and grabbed this up nice you guys ready to get into this thing let's do this thing let's record this fucker Alright, so it starts off with some narration and a black and white crime scene footage like we talked about. And the crime scene walkthrough, uh, everything does get paid off pretty pretty well, actually. Like the nails, everything like that. Yeah. And then we cut to August 18th, 1973. Sweet home Alabama plane with some kids swimming in a river for two seconds. And then they're in a van. I hate Leonard Skinner. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a fan. If they're like, if if they come on, I'm not going to be like diving for the radio. Like if like fucking country comes on or something, but I'm also like, I don't like them. I do like Freebird. I know it's cliche, but I like Freebird. Freebird's a good song. I'll give them that. But any other song, I might. At the end of Devil's Rejects, Freebird is yeah. good. Yeah. But I hate this band so much. So we have our young people who just went to Mexico to pick up a pinata full of weed, which Aaron, our final girl, doesn't know. That's why they went there. So our crew here, Aaron, Jessica Beale. Uh, oh. This is set in the 70s. She looks more 2003 than you could ever imagine. Dude, yeah. that the her outfit of those like painted on jeans and the little <laughs> like white crop, crop top thing. It's been imprinted in my mind since I saw this movie the first time. It was like, oh, hi, Jessica Biel. I like you. We have her boyfriend, Kemper, discount Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. We have Andy in the back making out with Pepper, who is a hitchhiker they picked up yesterday, but not a scary kind, just a cool makeout hitchhiker. And then Morgan, our stand-in Franklin for the movie, as close as they can get, just the annoying guy. Not anywhere yeah. near as bad as Franklin. He is oh, not I said, as close as they could get. He's not sucking on a cigar. He's not throwing jars of piss everywhere. No. 
I did. I did not. I didn't pray for Morgan's death as much as I did Franklin's. <laughs> We're having such a good trip. <laughs> Aaron and Kemper are in the front, and Aaron just—they're kind of arguing a little bit. And Aaron just drops his joint out the window, and she's, when he's like, "Do you want to hit?" And she's like, "Oops!" And he's—he doesn't get that mad. And then Morgan stoned off his ass right behind him. Go. It's okay, we got two more pounds of it anyway. And she's like, what? And we're like, I didn't say anything. I'm just really high. It's 100% that thing of like, dude, shut the fuck up. Don't say that in front of my girl. She doesn't know. She doesn't know that this whole thing was about drugs. If there's two pounds in your van, you're smelling it. It's not just yes. coming from that little joint. You're like, this smells like we're swimming in weed. Exactly. <laughs> But they're arguing. They make up pretty quick. But right then, they almost hit this girl walking in the middle of the road. I also love, too, where there's, um, fuck, is it Andy and Pepper that are, like, making out in the back? And they're annoying yeah. everyone. And I think it's Aaron that's like, well, you know how many people have se- get, like, sexually transmitted diseases, especially around our age? It just kills the mood. And Andy's like, thanks, guys. That was Morgan that said that. Ah, the old STD talk cock block. Very effective. But yeah, like I said, they almost hit this girl and they get out and go to check on her. And she's clearly freaking out. My first thought would just be she's dehydrated. She's walking around in the Texas sun this long. But she's losing. She's like, I just need to get away. I need to get away. I want to go home. They get her in the van like to help her out and everything. She's sitting in the back and it's... It is very reminiscent of the first one where they're all just staring back at this crazy person in the back. And she's yeah. like, they're all dead. Yeah. Um, um, I also love that this is 1973. So they're like, whoa, man, she must be having like some kind of groovy acid wave. Yeah, exactly. But they drive past the meat company sign, like the meat plant. And she sees it, and then she starts freaking out. She's like, you're going the wrong way. And she pulls out a gun. When I say she pulls out a gun. Where did the gun come from? And then there's a gun. So she reaches up her vagina and pulls a gun out. I'm just going to throw it out there. (laughs) Which is impressive seeing she was just walking, holding this thing in there. She's got some control like crazy, but just pulls it out. Am I to believe later? I mean, guys, you know, we don't do spoilers. So, like, is that the sheriff's gun she, like, took and ran away with? Yes. Yeah, because okay. he he already has the holster for it on his ankle. That's what I thought. I just wanted to make yeah. sure. But she's like, you're going the wrong way. They stop when she pulls the gun out. They're freaking out. And she just gets this kind of epic, you're all going to die right before she shoots herself. Practical effect, her shooting herself. How wild is this? It's yeah. fucking... It still holds up so well, and I love yeah. it so much. See, like, the um, back of the window of the van gets blown out. Then it does this, like, camera, one of the greatest camera things that ever. camera shot. It goes through her head, out the back of her head, then her head slumps over and just reveals the rest of the crew. <laughs> so the way they did the actual firing of the gun... The gun was an air gun. That's how, why her cheeks puff out like that and everything like a gun would. And then they had right behind her uh, like a blood splurt pack that would shoot out as the window would blow out too, all at once. So you got a perfect effect. 
And then this camera shot we're talking about, Greg Nicotero designed this dummy where this was practical too. The camera would was pulled back through the mouth of the dummy. Think you didn't have to have the front part done, just the back and the wound. And then through the back of the window. And it took him like a couple tries, but he, they were very insistent on it, which I'm very thankful for because it's a wild shot. Of course, Greg Nicotero had something to do with this. Yeah. If it wasn't him, it was like Tom Savini. That makes complete sense of why well, I it mean, looks so good. Savini trained Nicotero at his school. Yeah. Which was actually only a couple of miles away from where I was at the at the time this movie came out. They're, they all get out. They're freaking out. And I do love Pepper going, there's no way I'm getting back in that van hard cut to them all back in the van. I I know they're cheap. I always love those moments though. I I also, do. At this point, um Kemper grabs the 2 pounds of weed and just throws it into like the like a field because they're like we got to call the cops. They're like freaking out, what do we do? They're like, "Oh no, but what about the weed?" Kemper's like, "I'm tired of hearing about this fucking weed." Also, I'm trying to keep my girlfriend happy. She seems to hate all of you guys. Did you see those jeans? So I'm going to throw this weed away. Um, and uh, I also love that Pepper is like crying and she's like, why did she pick us to do this? Like, and it's honestly one of those thoughts you would have of like, yeah, yeah well, why the fuck? We were on our way to Skinner and Dallas. We're, we're Skinner fans in this scenario. Like, <laughs> That's the most unbelievable thing you've said all day, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, like you said, to get rid of the weed, but nothing about the joints that are just on the dash of the van. No. Oh my God. When that comes up later, I'll have like a bunch to say about that too. But yeah, like there's just like joints. It's like Ricky's car from Trailer Park Boys. When he runs out of weed, he just breaks the vents open. He's like, there's something in here. <laughs> They're driving again, and they stop at this gas station slash barbecue. Dude, I, I I appreciate they're trying to go for the, ew, gross, I want to take a shower after watching this, like the original kind of. But they went so over the top with the fucking, in here, with the pigs and everything. Yeah, it was, it almost, it, obviously it didn't ruin the movie or anything, but it definitely took no. you out of, it definitely took you out of it during this scene. This part, I'm so glad that you brought this up, Greg, because they try to make this movie seem so dirty and grindhouse, but it's done in a professional studio way. So, like, they walk yeah. into the, like, the barbecue place. You walked into the other one. It looked like a legit, like, just Texas barbecue place. It was a little dirty. A little scuzzy. Stuff, a little scuzzy, yeah. but there wasn't just rotting pig heads. Which because like how long will a pig head take to rot with all the flies all over it? So I just imagine the old woman like once a week is like, oh, better replace the rotting pig head with a new one. Like oh, it'd be more than one. It'd be almost every day you'd have to replace that pig head. But yeah, it's still it was over a full the top. infestation in this pig head. It wasn't a couple flies. There was like they dumped all of the flies into here. Like everyone's sweaty. Everyone's covered in dirt. There's there's always water dripping. There's always mud. <laughs> So, I can't wait to get to the water and the, the why of it all. There's just a fountain of shit later. They tried a little too hard to make it feel grindhousey. When to make it feel grindhousey, all you would have to do is not try. Or don't let the big studio have it. Big studio yeah. go, here, young studio, here's money. You make it because now it will look 
kind of like a documentary-esque like the first one did. Yeah. But they have her call the sheriff, the worker here, and she calls and like, well, they want you to meet him at the old, the old Crawford meal, the mill. And like a dead body in the back of the car doesn't deserve his attention to come out and check it out. They're like, no, well, that's what he said. And so they're going to drive to the old Crawford mill. I also love that the old woman's shopkeep is like, you can use my phone, be two cents, like you're charging for the phone. <laughs> well, phone calls weren't free back then, Brett. Also, not in 1973 they're... and not in 2003. They started yeah, they say not even in 2000s. Yeah, but in, still. In the, two, in like... the early 2000s, I was still, you know, making the, the collect call to my parents at the end of a movie. You know, you have a collect call from mom movies over. Come pick us up. <laughs> my friends lived half a mile away from me, but because of the way the lines or whatever were drawn out, they were considered long distance because they had a slightly different phone number. So anytime I called them, it cost money. I didn't, I didn't live out in the boonies. I lived in West Virginia that didn't have to deal with this. <laughs> but they go and they get to the old mill and everything. And that what is this mill? Just like a bad Halloween decoration mill? Like, what's going on here? Well, they park the van beside the mill, and then we're there for so long. They keep going to, like, the same location over and over again. And like you said, like, why is he meeting us at the old broken-down mill thing? Yeah. Like, why here? Like, we come to find out later, it's because it's a short walk to his house. He's The sheriff just always drinks. Yeah. You get there, and they're sitting there waiting, and a shadowy figure scares them from behind. Some see, some don't. And Aaron's had enough. She goes after the shadowy figure. They think they find it. Possum jump scare. I love the possum. Possums, possums are, are so, so cute. cute. I love possums. I agree. But then they find the real shadowy figure. It's this little boy. With the most, like, fucked. It's like, you know, remember when, like, you'd go to, like, the coin machine and get, like, the hillbilly teeth. It, oh, that's yes. what it looks like. <laughs> it really does. Like, you'd think with the money they spent on this movie, they could have done a better dental job. Well, I'm sure they don't want to, but he's supposed to look like fucked up hillbilly teeth and everything. Yeah, but it looks like fake fucked up hillbilly teeth. But they're talking to him and... He takes a liking to Aaron, because who wouldn't? And he's like, what did you do to her? The girl in the back. This kid thinks he's just talking to a pack of murderers? Well, with looking what who his family is. Yeah, true. Yeah, he, he probably thinks this is like, oh, you guys do that too. That's pretty cool. Because here in just a minute, he's literally poking the dead body with a stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he tells them where the sheriff lives, because the sheriff's not there yet. So Aaron and Kemper are going to go walk to his house. Uh, we get the classic shot. Like, all Jessica Biel jokes aside, I was so happy like to get that shot in this movie. And it wasn't so by the numbers. House looks exactly the same, same no. outfit. But you know that shot when you see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I also love that this is a real house that people actually live at. And they have a sign at the end of their driveway of like, yes, this is the Texas Chainsaw remake house. You could take pictures from the road, but do not come on our property, please. Also, this is Texas, so don't come on our property. <laughs> or you're going to have a real recreation of what <laughs> happened. 
yeah. some dude's gonna smack you with a sledgehammer in there. Well, what's <laughs> this... the thing about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre of like in the eyes of Texans, they're actually heroes because like yeah. the trespassers came on their land and yeah. If you take out the cannibalism part of it, it's legit. Just stand your ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is Texas. Understand that that please is just politeness. <laughs> <laughs> This is where uh, bless your heart means fuck you. Yeah. And she knocks at the door thinking it's the sheriff's house. And this guy answers the door who's not the sheriff. It's this man in a wheelchair. He's an amputee and he has his dog on him. And he doesn't take too kindly to these people showing up. Well, he, he loves Aaron. Oh, yeah. But he looks at Kemper and is like, you wait here. I love you. Like, you ain't coming him. in my house. He's poking him with his cane. <laughs> This is our version of Grandpa. And like like you said, Greg, he's a w, double amputee. Thinking like, oh, did that happen in the war or something? Watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning to find out that it was a horrible chainsaw surgery. Yes. But she's calling the sheriff. As she's calling the sheriff's office, the sheriff is arriving at the mill. So we kind of have like a few times in this movie we have jumped back and forth. I'll do my best here, people. And... She's going to go leave as she hears help or something. And the guy is draining his, what's this called? Colostomy bag? Yeah. No, that's a catheter because it was pee pee. No, that was brown. Just dehydrated? It could be just that. That that looked more like Okay, maybe it was poopus. Because at first I was like, why is the water brown that he's filling the bathtub up with? But then it's like, oh no, that's poo. It's fucking gross. That's what it is. I, it's, it's uh, again, old... it's more. We want you to take a shower after this movie. Like young, yes. hot Jessica Beale walks into the bathroom, and it's old man laying on the floor, covered basically in his own shit. Like, help me! <laughs> and she's helping him up, and he's definitely copping a few oh, feels during this. Oh, oh, his hands are. They're a wandering. Kemper goes inside because it's been a while here, and he's looking around and everything. And this keyhole like is moving, watching him and everything. And then he walks to his door, playing cartoons, and drops like the little locket uh, bracelet thing that's on the doorknob. Bends down to pick it up. Right as we get our first real shot of Leatherface, shows up. It's not a hammer this time; it's a sledgehammer because they're gonna up it whaps him in the head and i do love when he cracks him with the sledgehammer little cartoon like steamboat willie betty boop era cartoon like goes Woo! on its face Woo! as he does it and there's <laughs> a blood splatter across the screen it's so good yeah that the, the, was some good editing there back at the van the sheriff has shown up and he's looking around everything and he grabs the gun and sniffs it Greg, how dare you? How dare have you, Greg? That be the introduction for Arlie Ermy, the greatest dare you? of these remakes. Of like, he steals this one. He steals the uh, Texas Chainsaw. The beginning. He is just so fucking good as the fake sheriff. Arlie Ermy steals just about everything he's in. Uh, my apologies to Mister Arlie Ermy. I don't know how to say his name. Arlie Ermey. Recognize this guy? He's in Full Metal Jacket. He's, oh, this is Arm the and Full Hammer? Metal Jacket. I don't know. No, this, oh. this is the 
This is the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, I'm, Greg. I know he's from that, but I don't know his name. This Greg. guy is a scene chewer. Like, he is having oh my such God, a great yeah. time in this movie. Like you said, Greg, like right here, he's like sniffing the gun. And this is where he like puts the gun right back in like a holster on his ankle that fits perfectly. And like a couple of them kind of noticed that. And then he like breaks out the saran wrap. And it's like, you help me. Help me saran wrap her up. I can't do this myself, you limp dick. <laughs> like, I feel like this isn't proper police procedure to saran wrap the body and throw it in the trunk. He's so excited to saran wrap him. And I, I love like, like they're like, I like a, to cop me a little feel. Oh my yeah. God. He's just straight up being like, yeah, oh, she's wet down there. What's everyone like, what the fuck? Which is the line that I was like, even I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I was like, it's just so gross. It's so out there. I oh, can't, you're welcome. Like, it's, <laughs> I can't believe, like, because I, I thought that Greg was going to yell at me of like, do not say the line, Brett. I was it's like, a line me, from I'm the not. movie. I'm just quoting the movie that we are reviewing. I mean, and I, if, I didn't one... say, oh, I'm so admirable of admiring him saying this line. I'm like, I think I even added a what the fuck to it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And if one of you wouldn't have said it, I would have. So, oh, no, I already that it was getting it, said that crossed the line for Brett from Dimension Z. I was like, not even I will say this. Back at the house, Aaron can't find Kemper for obvious reasons. So she just leaves. She's on her way there as the sheriff takes off and leaves. And we cut to the basement. And so the basement is a little bit damp. It's not flooded. It's slightly damp at this point. What is going on in this basement that by the end of the movie, it's almost like a full-on flood that they're just not addressing? Because there's just some leaks here at this point. Water main well, break, Greg. Water main break. It is just the... This is Texas. So it's not like this is coming from outside. It's very dry. There's just pipes just openly leaking all over the place, all over their food because they're cannibals, because we see like people's heads and stuff randomly and like arms and they're all petrified and rotten. Dude, one of the bodies looks like the corpse from Return of the Living Dead. The, you caught that uh, too? Make the pain go away. That one. <laughs> yeah. Like No joke. I'm like, I thought it was an homage to it. I'm not joking when I saw it. You know, it may have been. It very may well have been. Yeah, they have him there, and it's just a torture room and body part dungeon. They yeah. keep also, like, this movie is so obsessed with the meat hook. They show it so oh, yeah. many times. Oh, yeah. To the point, we had like 50 of them in a scene at the end. And it's like, we get it. That's a scene from the original. Lots of other scenes, too. Yeah, nope, nope. There was only just meat, the meat hook. hook. <laughs> there is no chainsaw, only meat hook. <laughs> Glad someone did it. Aaron gets back to the group and she's like, Where's Kemper? We thought he was with you. And then they hear a car horn going off and they run after it. And someone, I'm guessing the little boy? I don't I, know who yeah, did this. I would thank him. It shoved a branch onto this car horn so it's going off as a distraction. My thought here, because it's been a while since I've seen this, is this is when they're going to slash their tires when they're gone, like going after this car horn noise. Oh, they don't slash the tires. They just take all the lug nuts off. <laughs> so they're allowed to drive three feet 
and then they're still stuck beside the fucking building. So that is what they're doing at this point, then. So that's what this is for. Okay, that makes I would sense. say so. But then they start like, well, we got to find Kemper. And they start like looking around the cars and like inside holes and stuff. It's like, better find Kemper. Gonna lift this rock up. Kemper, are you under the, are you in this tree? They find, like, yeah, they find teeth with like braces on it. So all the teeth are still together. This was something for me that I had never considered. Cause I didn't have braces, but like, I'm just like. If you, all your teeth fall and you have braces, do they all come out together? <laughs> I would have said. I never thought of this. And then they start like digging through a trunk and they find a mason jar with random water in it and a picture of the hitchhiker girl and her family. I, I was so confused. Yes, and her family, which like, explains the baby later. But why is it in water? Okay. Or why is it? How quickly did it's like, oh, this is the water picture trunk. Better go put the bottle of water in the memorial. It makes no sense. It just looks I mean, creepy. They are kind of obsessed with putting stuff in jars and water. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of finding things, there had some dialogue about Aaron. Like, when are you going to give me a ring on this finger? And Leatherface finds the engagement ring. You know, movies, especially in the 2000s, loved doing this like the dude getting killed was about to propose to the girl it yeah was, that's a major trope it was very overused in this time period but i like that the think leatherface is just like oh i could add this to my costume pretty ring <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. probably put it through his tongue or something known leatherface but whatever and then we get a second shot of jessica peel walking up to the house <laughs> yeah, because her and Andy have a plan. She's going to distract the guy who lives there as Andy sneaks in. And I love where, like, she's being very like, hey, how's it going? I'm just looking for my friend. So, um, lovely garden you have. And he's like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? She's tried so hard. She's like a step away from grabbing, like, a cane and her top hat doing the, hello, my baby, hello, like, like just to distract doing anything like that. And it's just the old man being like, what is she doing? As he's facing what away from the door. <laughs> yeah. But Andy's inside looking around. He gets to the kitchen, which is kind of a throwback to the chicken room from the beginning. And there's pigs walking around and a chicken or two. And like, you know, just gross kitchen. He opens the fridge that just has nasty jars of unknown liquids and doesn't look like there's any refrigeration going on, but whatever. Yeah, None he whatsoever. Opens, he opens the fridge in the horrible rotten house and it's like, ooh, the smell. What did you expect? Yeah. And do you think Kemper's in there? You don't know about cannibals yet. What are you looking for him in there for? Kemper? I, I don't see him. Is he in the eggs? Better open each egg. Nope, no Kemper. Kemper? Nope. They they were not great at looking for people in this movie. No, not at all. And then he makes a commotion by knocking something like off the top of the fridge and everything. And the guy hears that and turns around, what's that noise? Who's in my house? And Aaron's just like, sorry, and runs into the house at this point. She gets in there and catches up to him and everything. And the guy is creating a standoff with the two of them. Where they're like, I can't find him or anything. And he's blocking him in. And I'm like, you two stay right there. He starts yelling at him. Like, I know you're a type or something. And he's just pounding <laughs> on the ground with the cane. 
Yeah, I love he's him pounding on the ground with the cane, which is just him alerting Leatherface. But uh, he's like, Leatherface summoning call. He's talking to is it Andy? Of yeah. like, yeah. come on, get some. Come on, young feller, I can take you. <laughs> and then Leatherface bursts out of the door right behind the kitchen chainsaw and all and this is a really cool like i know we've seen him already but him with the chainsaw coming out this is like a cool first full form leather face moment yeah and i love like andy falls backwards he has a tire iron that he like drops and the old man wheels his wheelchair over the tire iron so he can't grab it it's just like fucking old man fuck you (laughs) (laughs) he does get it he's like blocking the chainsaw with the tire iron for a minute very smart which is really awesome. And then I love where he goes bursting out of the door with the chainsaw. Then he's running through all the laundry. It's all like all the sheets flapping. And it's just him like. He goes bursting out of the what, Brett? The door. Did you see the shape of this door? It was a door. No, but after he burst through it. Look what he did to the door. <laughs> look, look what, what your he brother did, brother did to, to the, the door. door. I can't believe either of you didn't make it. I was waiting. I was like, I'll let them have this one. I did. Well, this one is so, like, it's so different from the original. I like this one, and I love the original. That I don't even see them that much of, like, being the same kind of movie. It just so happens Leatherface is there. There's no cook. There's no hitchhiker. There's, there's no dinner scene. No, there's dinner not. scene. Oh, that's true. Holy shit! How did they not do the dinner scene? That's like they they had too many meat hooks, but they can't do the dinner scene. Even in there's like no dinner, scene. only meat hooks. <laughs> <laughs> Even in like every sequel, though, they did the dinner scene to the point it's yeah. almost fucking annoying to be honest. But they would I mean, put that dinner scene in no matter what. I mean, I'm maybe gonna... that's why they didn't do the dinner scene in this one because they felt you know. It's been do done to really, Do they even really address them as being cannibals in this, though? No, like, not at all. Murderers, yes, and yeah. psychopaths who chop up bodies and stuff. No, not a single bit of eating people shown. Though. There's no mention of cannibalism whatsoever. The most that it is, is I think like, in the beginning there was. Because, like, uh, the one guy's, like, leg gets cut off, and he, like, salts it, and then he puts, like, butcher paper around it. That's, like, as close as it gets, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I almost thought that was just more like torturing him and like stopping the wound and everything, to be honest, yeah. though. Yeah. But we're getting ahead but of But anyway, him. he's chasing him out there, like you said, around the clotheslines with all the sheets and everything. It's a really cool scene. And he takes Andy's leg clean off, like with oh. the chainsaw here. And it's just like, it looks like the chainsaw like touches his leg. It's like off immediately. No, like, very sharply. Like, like, as someone who used to run chainsaws, you know, in the month of October professionally, I have to credit the Sawyer slash Hewitt families for their proper care and maintenance of chainsaws. Their blades are always sharp. They always start on, like, the first pool. And, like, I don't know what kind of motors they have in them or chains because, I mean, they were bouncing it off a tire iron and that thing was not stalling out or getting caught up. Dude, I turned mine too angled, cutting a log. I was like, eh, I'm done. <laughs> to, well, that's, 
of their chainsaws can be kept at a wall for 50 years. No. No, we're not talking about that movie. Tinkering noises, Brett! There were tinkering noises! (laughs) (laughs) But Aaron gets back to the car and she's rightfully freaking out. Right when the sheriff arrives, they're like, oh, what's in the beta trouble? And she's freaking out. Like, what's wrong with your car? And it won't start and everything. And he comes up and he's like, well, look at this. And he found, finds the joints right there. And he's like, smells like bullshit. <laughs> he's trying to say, that's not mine and everything. It's literally like that horror story of like, you're in Texas in the 70s and they find half a joint. And you spend like 30 years in prison. No, yeah. no, you get the death penalty. This is Texas, my friend. That this is actually like up by like what he does. This is the law of we execute you on the spot. Like <laughs> <laughs> this scene here is where Arlie Ermy goes like full full metal jacket drill instructor. Yeah. Get your face down in the dirt. I expected him to say dick in the dirt when he's screaming at Franklin here or Morgan here in a little bit. Um, I expect like when he, he's yelling at Morgan to shoot him, I half expected him to scream. Let me see your war face. <laughs> There's two things going on right here. We have the whole van incident and then we have the basement basements quicker. So I'll just go over it. We already talked on it. He salts the wound. Very painful. Or the plan will be proud. And, He's also making a new face. Oh, yeah, he meat hooks him before he does. First of incident of the meat hook. He'll get try to get off and on that meat hook 20 times for this movie. And then... He's making a new Kemper face right here. And you see when he takes his old leather face off to put his new one on? He's extremely, like, disfigured. He has... Like, he's missing a nose, like, and just has, like, a cavity right there. And they talk about it later that he had some kind of skin defect or something like that. Mm-hmm. Hee-hee! <laughs> but this is, no, like, you, you never, um, like, see, like, it's Friday the 13th. They'd always, like, most of the movies they play with, like, you see his face a little bit. Or, like, they might do a full reveal. They've not really done that with Leatherface before this. Like, you saw his teeth behind the mask. You'd see, like, tiny little glimpses. This is the first full-on, like, he takes the mask off and you see him. I kind of don't like... I I like and don't like it. I get why he does, and that makes sense from a storytelling perspective. I kind of liked him just being so fucked up and insecure with his mainly regular type face and everything. Where I kind of like that version better. It plays up to the thing of, like, in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you don't see her getting put, you don't see the meat hook going in. No. But everyone swears you do because they didn't show it and it plays in your mind. What you make up in your mind's way worse than what they're going to show you on screen. This movie shows you everything. To be fair, not the meat hook. Well, it, no. but it shows more than it yes. in the original. The original, you just saw her like, from the front this one you see it like just almost start to go in and then it cuts but back at the van he has everyone in the dirt and he's yelling and everything and he makes morgan get up to recreate the scene of what happened with the original suicide because now he's saying i think you shot that girl and everything like get in here and show me where she was sitting 
And he's sitting on the seat. He goes, is that where she was sitting? That don't look right with the angle. Maybe she was to the left. Well, maybe you ought to move a little more to the middle. There's blood and guts and teeth and skull there. He has to slide over to sit there. There's so much teeth and hair and blood in this movie. It's like the skin yeah. and the flesh that disappears. It's all blood, skin, and hair. But it is disgusting because he like kind of sweeps it across with his hand. At that point, I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to sit on it and not touch it. But it's just so good of like, he's like so hardcore, like trying to get him, like, I guess just psychologically fucking with him. But he's just like, okay, now here's the gun. What did she do with it? And he's like, she shot herself. I think you're a fucking liar because there's no hole under her chin. She put it in her mouth. He's like, please, no. It's like, there you go, dear girl. Oh, oh, oh. And then what she do? She fought the sugar. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. she, she shot herself. Well, you're a liar because I ain't seen, never seen no one shoot a gun without their finger on the trigger. One way that this could have solved without his idea, which we'll get to in a second, his idea. When handed the gun, he could simply look in because it's a revolver. Mm -hmm. Ah, gun is unloaded. And even at that point, you could be like, oh, and then like almost like grab the gun and like punch him in the face with it or something. Or like, even like, you never want to do this, but in this type of life and death scenario with a crazed man in front of you, maybe this is the one time it's okay to do this, like to pull that trigger if you know it's unloaded. Yeah. Yeah. But he does the thing that Arlie Army wanted him to do, and like, it's like, uh, let us the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, he pulls the gun on him. Yeah, he like pulls the gun on the cop, which immediately you're like, the cop's not going to give you a loaded gun. No, absolutely not. I love outside, though, because you have Aaron and Pepper. Aaron's like, don't shoot him, don't do it, Morgan. Pepper's like, fucking shoot him, kill him! <laughs> <laughs> they just met her a day ago <laughs> i love pepper i wish she stuck around yeah but just you know rest in peace arlie Army. like this dude was such an incredible character actor and he had such a great time with this role you can tell like he oh, really he makes this movie like but my love of this movie is probably mostly from him oh he's the most standout yeah it's definitely a lot like i mean this dude loved two things in his life acting and being a marine but it's great because he's like well 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 that's attempted murder added on to that half a joint you have and then he pulls out like his big fancy shiny gun <laughs> like we got a killer and he of course just takes morgan and leaves the other two there he takes morgan in the cop car and drives away he radios something about like the two girls at the van i guess leatherface has a radio yeah, or the family. Some, someone in the house. Someone in the house does. But he's they're driving away and everything. Uh, quick cut to Andy trying to unhook himself and he fails because there is no chainsaw, only meat hook. Oh, and like, how many times can you lift yourself up and be like drop back on your rib cage before your ribs just break and you're like free? Oh, dude. Well, it's in your flesh. Like, yeah. like you pull yourself up and drop. That gravity is going to make it, like, rip up further each time. Yeah. And make you bleed out more than something else that happens later would kill you instantly. But we'll get there. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. But I love then we cut back to, was it Morgan and um, 
Sheriff Hoyt. I just kept calling him Harley Army. Sheriff Hoyt. And they're like, so what were you guys doing uh, past through our town? And he's like, going to a Leonard Skinner concert in Dallas. He's like, Skinner? Hell, I like Skinner. What are you going to do with those tickets then? It's like, uh, you can have them if you want. He's like, are you bribing me, boy? And like smashes him in the face with a liquor bottle. And his te- he starts spitting out his teeth. And then Sheriff Hoyt's like, well, look at that. It's another thing we got in common. As he pulls out his like, get him teeth. <laughs> he has no front teeth. <laughs> yeah. And then right then, like we said, uh, Pepper and Aaron are still at the van. And Aaron starts hot wearing the van because the sh- sheriff did take the car, uh, the keys. She gets it. And they start driving and the tires just fall off. Oh my fucking <laughs> The God. wheels have literally fallen off this plan. <laughs> they cannot escape this fucking mill. They're like, think for like half a second. We're going to like get away from this set because we've been here for so much of the movie. We're finally driving away. Nope. Made it three feet. Still in the exact same spot. Yep. No, they're not and in the then... exact same spot, Brett. They're three feet forward. Exactly. Fair point. They did make progress. Then Leatherface shows up and starts sawing at the van, sawing through it. Oh, right through a really awesome uh, Alfred E. Newman Mad TV poster or Mad Magazine poster that they have on the roof of the van. Yeah. Earlier, too, when they were like at the very beginning of the movie, when they were doing like uh, pictures of like the crime scene and stuff, they showed a Mad Magazine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's cool. And this is when uh, Leatherface is wearing his Kemper mask. Yes, he was. And you get that big reveal. But Pepper gets out, starts running. He's about to get Aaron because he has her through the roof of the van. Then Pepper gets out. He's not going to let her get away. Runs up, gets her in the back. She falls and just kills her right there. And this is where he looks back with the headlights on and you see his new Kemper mask. And they did a really good job about giving Kemper very distinctive like facial hair and stuff. So you know it's him. Because yeah, what did exactly. Rob Zombie say making uh, Devil's Rejects when they did the face cast of the one guy so Otis could run and wear in his face? They're like, we did a face cast of the man and put it on someone else's face. Didn't look like him. No. Yeah. Because you don't have the bones and stuff like that. Yeah. So they did a really good job of like he has like a very distinctive mustache and little like goatee thingy. Yeah. But Aaron takes off running she gets to this trailer, she gets in, the people let her in after she's banging on the door, and these two are something else. I like these two. I love, I have always thought of her as Frog Grandma, because she looks like a Pac-Man frog, but she just looks like, like the happiest little, like, nice grandma. If you go over there, just, and she made cookies. Just sitting there smiling. Oh, just have your tea, it's okay. Like, it's just a bowl of a woman. And she, uh, I need a phone, I need a phone. And the younger woman in here with the baby like, we ain't got one. Too much of a and hassle. And the grandma like, phones are too much a hassle. How? <laughs> Who's calling you? I, th- I just love the frog. Frog grandma will not stop smiling the whole time. She's just so happy. But she's freaking out and everything, like, saying what's going on. And they, oh, he knows better than to be messing around here. He's a sweet boy. That moment I'm running. Right there. Yeah. The second I know these people are okay with this dude, I'm out. Poor thing. He has a skin disease. 
I don't know. Do you guys think that the makers of this movie were subtle enough with the tea being drugged? Do you think they were good with us not giving that away too early? Here, oh, I had no this. clue that the tea was drugged. She's not even inside. They're like, drink this tea. They're shoving the pot in her mouth. Like, <laughs> a second away from them just pouring it on her head, hoping some gets in her mouth. Because the younger one's kind of like, kind of like helping her drink. And then finally Aaron's like, I don't want your fucking tea. And like smashes the thing almost. <laughs> Which wakes the baby up. The baby starts crying. She goes attend to the baby. And the phone rings. Yeah, and I also love, like, the baby starts crying and Frog Grandma is like, uh-oh, that's not good. Yeah, and Aaron recognizes the baby from the photos from before. She's like, that's not your baby. I thought you didn't have a phone, but then passes out. And wakes up to a POV cam of the sheriff pouring beer on her face. Of course he <laughs> is. I'm surprised that he's wasting a beer. Well, I mean, it's okay to waste a beer if you're using it for this purpose. Well, because earlier when they were talking to, like, Mutant Child, they're like, oh, do you know where the sheriff is? What's he doing? He's like, yeah, he's at his house drinking. <laughs> and then they're like, Thomas Brown Hewitt, get in here. We get Leatherface's first, middle, and last name. Yeah. That's how you know he was in trouble then. Oh, because he's, like, cowering. Did they give a reason in any of the behind-the-scenes stuff that you guys have seen, like, why they're not Sawyers? I don't know why. I've never I've never had it explained. They don't address it. I think it was just maybe just to separate themselves from the original. But this is where, like, we got old lady from the shop with the two cents per phone call phone. We got the sheriff. We got Mutant Child running around outside. Leatherface is there. Like, oh, all these grandpas there. Oh, all these people are a big family. Yeah. Pretty much the whole Wait. town. I want to yeah. come in the house. You can't come in the house. You stay out there with them dogs until you learn how to play by the rules. And Leatherface Ding. just... <laughs> I was waiting for the whole episode. I'm like, <laughs> Brett's going to do the pating sound at some point. Because I almost said, like, no, Brett does it better. I'll let him have it. <laughs> Leatherface just throws Aaron down the basement stairs and let's talk about the water of it all now <laughs> because at this point it's a fucking swimming pool down there we know there are two reasons why they threw Aaron into the water basement yes we do yes <laughs> two of them but now let's be honest when he threw Aaron down those steps she was in reality, she was either dead or paralyzed right there. She hit oh, that yes. wall with she with the hit that wall with the force of Henry Frankenstein hitting a windmill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like how many of these movies like does a character get thrown down the stairs and like that's the end of them? Like they're paralyzed or they're killed or something? Renfield. That's the only one who dies from it. Yeah. More or less the dad from Child's Play 2. The Fair. cop from Fair, Psycho. With the, the horrible, one of the worst, like, POV falling down the stairs. Where it's just like, ooh, woo. The old lady from Leprechaun. <laughs> but the water thing, I... So it's not anything to do with the incident of these people being here. It's clearly coincidental. Because they didn't do anything to pipes, at least that was shown, or anything like this. So... They are about to lose their house. Like, 
when it rains here, my basement can flood. And sometimes it's bad, and I have to get a snake and run it through the drain and everything, like, and clear it out. And it's a pretty, not a 911, but hey, you got to take care of this now thing. Yeah. It's actually, like, standing water down there. They're going to lose their house, and they're just worried about, like, their murder victims. I like to think that three gentlemen were running from the police, right, like, the day before this. And they're like, oh, no, we got to jump in this truck and pretend to be plumbers. And it was the Three Stooges that showed up. (laughs) My favorite Three Stooges sketch where they're fake being plumbers. And it's just curly, like, putting pipes into other pipes. Being like, yeah, there we fixed it. (laughs) But they find, um, she finds, fuck, what's his name? Which one is this? That's Andy. Andy. Where Andy has no leg. And he's still up on the meat hook where like the, it is kind of like a cool visual. She sees him. It looks like Jesus on the cross. Yeah. He looks crucified. Um, but she goes up to him, tries like twice to get him off the meat hook. And then the solution is, but just kill me. No, don't like stack things up under me that you can maybe get some more leverage or something like, no, we're going to try twice after that. Just stab me in the stomach. I'll die immediately. That's not a wound. That's going to take days to bleed out. Have they never seen reservoir dogs? I've seen yeah. wounds like that before. man. it does. It hurts a lot, but it'll take you days to die. You're not going to die on me, man. I can get the, Hey, kill me at this point. Your legs chopped off. They rubbed salt and you've been hanging from a meat hook in this, what I can only imagine is a basement with a smell enough to almost kill you on its own, like around rotting flesh. I get you're like, hey, I'm not getting out of this. Just let me die, like slit my throat, stab me in the head, something, you know. But you know, let's let's aim for a vital organ. Yeah, she just stabs him in the intestines, pretty much is where she stabs him. And this is movie logic, so he dies immediately from one stab wound. What's that? And to bring up Ed Kemper which is very interesting because we have a Kemper in this movie, serial killer. He described it like the first time he stabbed people. He's like, I don't like to stab people because it's not like in the movies where you stab them once and they fall over. No, people are like big bags of blood. So it takes a while for you to die from a stab wound. There's a lot of screaming. Hi, Hi, Henry. Hi, Ben. Hi, Marcus. Come on our show sometime. And... Let's be real. He's had a meat hook in his back this whole time, which is certainly worse of a wound than what he just received here. Yeah. If anything, it's like, you know, when like you stub your toe and it hurts a lot. So they're like, oh, hit your arm so you won't feel your toe anymore. Yes. Yeah. But he's dead now, instantly, somehow. And she finds well, she rolled a na- She rolled a-, a natural 20. Exactly. So, you know, the, the critical damage of the knife stab. <laughs> She finds Morgan in a tub, and oh. the little boy shows up as like is leading them to safety. Right as Leatherface comes down, I guess he heard the little boy coming or something, and we get a big chase scene with the little boy leading him through this like I don't know, like weird, the inside of the looks wall. Like a, well, it looks like a hallway set up with dirt and pallets. I don't know. Yeah, I would. It looks if like I'm... the inside of a haunted house. Like yeah, like like the one I used to work at. Like, Aaron's, like, the angel of death, because she finds Andy, kills, he yeah. dies, she kills him. Now, like, she runs, Morgan, if Morgan knew, it's like, you stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> I'm gonna take my chances with the with the face mask guy. I'm, I'm just gonna sit in the bathtub by the furnace. 
But they do get out, and they shut this trap door behind them that leads outside. Of course, Leatherface is going to saw right through it, but they bought themselves some time. They get to this old abandoned house and play hide-and-seek here. And Leatherface, looking around, finds Aaron and is about to chainsaw her. But Morgan pushes him, saving her. He drops the chainsaw. But then there's a chandelier. He picks Morgan up and just hangs him from the chandelier and just cuts him up. They are obsessed All the meat their- hooks in this movie, and we have to use a <laughs> chandelier. They're so obsessed with hanging people on things in this movie. They will just randomly show meat hooks just that have nothing to do with the scene or anything. They just run by them. They have to make sure to focus. Like, oh, look, there's meat hooks right there. You know that from the original movie, right? The meat hook is iconic. Like, in that first There is no plot, only meat hook. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It's an iconic moment in that movie. Yes. But it really in is. an iconic movie, in a movie filled with other iconic moments. <laughs> They're just looking at that meat hook. I picture Michael Bay like in like a museum with all these stills from the movie. It just stops at the meat hook. He's scratching his chin like, there's something here. There's something this is, to this. Okay, this I will be, do your remake. This, will, this is going to be everything. Yes. The dinner scene? No, we, fuck that. We got to scrap the dinner scene for more meat hook. <laughs> What is my what is my meat hook budget? Even um, they're like, you you exceeded your meat hook budget. You can't have any more. I'll use a chandelier. <laughs> What's my chandelier budget? He picks up a picture with the dinner scene and just throws it away behind him. He literally like stabs it onto a meat hook and it hangs there. <laughs> Michael Bay just has meat his bed is hung from his ceiling by meat hooks. <laughs> But yeah, he gets sawed on the chandelier and Aaron goes running through the woods again. Every time she's going through the woods, walking, running, back, forth, I think they had... Remember when we did Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and they had one section of woods that they walked through like ten times? (laughs) I swear to God they're doing the same thing here. They don't just saw him, Greg. Yeah, Greg. They do the worst thing that you... They saw the worst part of the man that you could have sawed. Like, because at first I was like, oh, they're going to saw him in half. No, right up through the crotch. And it's not like he terrifies him of he goes all the way through him. Nope, just going to saw your dick and balls and let you hang there. Now, I did do a little research in preparation for this episode. I read read some medical journals. I went on some medical websites. I could find no (laughs) medical board that would recommend this method of vasectomy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't imagine that you would. Although the chainsaw was invented for um birth assistance. So they might be onto something here. Like we just gotta open the lady up. <laughs> That's what it was actually invented for, which is fucking terrifying. They're like, okay, it didn't I learned work for something that. here today. It doesn't work for birth. What else can we do with it? Trees. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they modified it and changed it, but the original idea for a chainsaw—that's what it was made for. No, Greg, it was a—it was just the gas-powered chainsaw yeah. that we know and love today. In the hospital van. Let's get that baby out of you. Baby gets baby gets stuck to the blade. It's just like wah 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 spinning circles spinning around. But they're chasing again through the same section of woods we've seen 20 times. And she gets to a field, ducks under the barbed wire, but Leatherface trips on the barbed wire and cuts his leg. And he yells out. He's not mute or anything. Like, so you hear him yell here. 
I do love this. Like, this is a cool atmosphere piece because it's nighttime. There's all the fog and you get like a side shot and it's like Leatherface running with the chainsaw and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I like this part. Yeah. I will say the visuals in this movie, uh, other than Michael Bay's apparent obsession with meat hooks, the visuals in this movie are great. Right there. I'm, I'm watching the movie along with recording this podcast because I own this on DVD. Jessica Beale just ran into three meat hooks for no reason. Exactly. They're they're all through this, which I'm glad we have all realized now. But <laughs> she gets to the meat company plant. It's just like Child's Play 2, where it has to end at the toy factory. There's no reason to be here except for it's going to be a cool showdown. Also, because yeah. like she goes and hides in like the meat locker. You know, Greg, like some of these movies I've stopped at, and it's like they use food or meat a lot. And it's like, man, this movie's make me hungry. I want to be a vegetarian after watching this. I never want to yeah, touch meat sure. again. I'm like, True. everything's just rotten and covered in flies and Leatherface Man's rubbing all over it. Like, But Leatherface finds her pretty quick. There's a lot of kicking. She gets away again. She goes and hides in the freezer. I like this scene. I think this is cool. Where, like, Leatherface is going through all the carcasses trying to find her. She basically hides inside of a cut-open carcass here. And then Leatherface grabs the pulley system and starts swinging them all over, and she screams and gives away her position. You shouldn't do that. No. At this point, Jessica Biel has, uh, unfortunately, she's dried off. Like, she's too dry. They got to throw her back into some water somehow. So now it's raining outside. <laughs> no, it's the sprinklers kick on. Oh, the sprinklers kick on. That's right. So we better re-wet that top. <laughs> we couldn't have done that before we went into the freezer. That is one thing I will want to just real quick point out. They did hold back on that because you see her shivering in the freezer. I'm like, oh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for some turkey thermometer. Nope, they didn't do it. No. But... She runs out again, and Leatherface is chasing her. She grabs a meat cleaver and hides in a locker. Leatherface is walking through all these lockers. Okay, so Aaron is hiding in lockers. Yes. What is it with... Because was Freddy vs. Jason also 2003? No. I so. No, I think it was 04. Okay. What was it about this time period and them liking to have your classic serial killers walk down a hallway with lockers and the big scary thing is like looking through the lockers and stuff. It honestly is a tense like atmosphere for that too. Cause like, just like how you always have people hiding in bathroom stalls and everything. It's just another similar thing to that. But it's like almost the exact same scene with like two eighties, like big killers yeah, like the exact, it's like the exact same set almost. Yeah. To be fair, there was not a lot of originality in the naughty aughties, as I hate to call true. At this point, like Leatherface is about to leave. Aaron makes a noise to get him to come back. Why wouldn't she just be like, okay, well, I have the weapon. Like, I get why she makes the noise. Like, oh, she wants to attack Leatherface. But he might have just walked away and then you could have snuck out and you still have the weapon. Why'd you have to make the noise to get him to come back? She doesn't make the noise. A piggy makes the noise. I thought she, like... No, because she starts being like, hey! Yeah, she starts beating on the locker. Yeah. And then she's just an idiot. Leatherface finds the pig that's in a locker. Why is there a pig in a locker? Was a worker planning on rescuing this one and forgot it at the end of the day? (laughs) 
the same reason there's always cats in closets. To be fair, cats crawl into closets all the time. You have cats, Brett. You know this. Yeah, and I put stuff in front of the closets. Like, there's three layers of stuff, so they can't get in there, because I don't want them going to the bathroom in there. <laughs> but he sees the pig, and then she bursts out of her locker and hacks him up a lot. Like, really yeah. good. Like, I mean, she doesn't do the killing blow, but she does otherwise than that, like, the best you can do. She really takes him down. I really like that they don't just do one swing and the arms yeah. off. Like she's hacking at it. Like that's like, okay, I thank you movie for being a little bit realistic right there. Yeah. yeah because I mean, Jessica Biel is not a large person at all. No. So she's not going to have the strength behind a swing to take an arm clean off in one, in one swing. I am not a tiny man and I do not have the strength to take it, take an arm off in one swing. Well, that's good to know. But I love it because, like, Leatherface is screaming. He's, like, holding his nub. And then, like, the chainsaw is, like, still, like, spinning around on the floor. So he's, like, trying to grab it away from his other arm. And he's, like, <laughs> slipping in the blood. <laughs> she runs out to the road and flags down a trucker. And he gives her a ride thinking she's been in an accident or something. And starts driving. And she drives. Pa he drives past the barbecue sign. And it's just like the beginning of the movie where she starts freaking out, like, no, no, and grabs the wheel. And he stopped, now what in the hell? And he gets out, he sees a cop car there, so he's going to report this. I love so much that it's like, Aaron's now come full circle to, like, she's reacting exactly like the original Hitchhiker did at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Of, like, she sees the sign, she's freaking out, she grabs the wheel just like she did, like, all logic's gone. Now she understands. Yeah. And she, he stops, he goes in, tells the cops in there, the young creepy girl who had the babies in there, a few others, and he tells them what's going on, and the cop sheriff, Hoyt, comes out, he is looking in the van, but she is snuck out at this point, and then kidnapper, baby mama girl's like, my baby's gone! And Aaron's there, hot wire in a car with the baby in there. Sheriff realizes no one's in the truck right when she hits him with the car. And thankfully, not only does she double tap, she triple taps. She runs him over three times, hits him with the car, backs up, forward again. She, she's it. making damn sure. It's such a great, another, like, great tension building scene where, like, the sheriff's walking towards the truck that were, like, it's the misleading of like oh she must be in the truck of course but it kind of also gives it away because there's no like rawr, 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 like trying to start truck noises um yeah. and he gets to like the door looks in and immediately just like killed by his own car and then like yeah. you said greg like i love like she backs up he's like shooting at the car double tap goes over him again and then she's driving and it's like the peaceful horror movie ending everything's fine she looks over at the happy baby it's like yeah whatever Leatherface comes and like fucking like hits the car with the chainsaw does like a half a dance they're like oh remember that we, we don't have enough time to actually do the original dance we had too much meat hook um there is no dance only meat hook people don't care about the dance right <laughs> it's just about the meat hooks like we can get rid of that in the dinner whatever and then it's right back to like, oh, everything's happy and fine again. Yep. And then it cuts back to the footage narration and everything. And the footage resumes. And the cops walking down the stairs and everything. And 
both cop and cameraman cop are killed, and you get like a quick flash of Leatherface's face. And then yep. it's like, this is the only known photo of Thomas Hewitt, and the case remains open and terrified me for years as a child. It's it actually really is so cool because they're it, it like the cops aren't like the walkthrough of the house like this end part. They're not treating it as like, oh, look at all the blood and look at everything. Oh, if you note here, there are um scratches and here are some fingernails. No, it, um, it, it's oh, like a professional crime scene walkthrough. Like, oh, um, watch your head here. We're going to be stepping into the uh, boiler room. Oh, my God. And then it's not we don't get like just like a hard like camera on Leatherface. It's like very much like the camera fell and it got like two little like bits of film of him, which, which is why it's like the picture is like this is the only known picture of Leatherface. And it's like super blurry and fucked up, but awesome yeah. looking. Yeah. And that was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2003. Yay! I'm so so glad we finally got to cover this one. This was a pretty early one for me. Like, discovering horror movies and branching out from just, like, Friday the 13th and Halloween. Um, And one of the best of the remakes, in my opinion, of those early 2000s run. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. It's a shame it did well and we got so many more, but... But I love. I actually really do like the beginning as well, which I want to do at some point. Oh, I don't. I don't like the beginning at all. No, I wasn't a huge fan of the beginning. Oh, oh, oh I like the Saw franchise, but I don't yeah, like the Saw franchise. Classic, I don't like Saw. Better than that. I like oh, I don't Saw. like. No, I don't like Saw at all. <laughs> I, he's talking about me. I like Saw. Oh, okay. right. I'm like, wait. When have I ever said I liked Saw? No, that. That's the kind of movie that, you know, someone who owns it into artsy-fartsy crap would be into. Yeah. <laughs> Certain lagoons. Yeah. Let's get into some Count of the Dead. Let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. All right, this is Rockin' with Horror Count of the Dead, where I tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you guys think we got with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003? Um, I think eight. Eight? I counted correctly. Brett, what are you going I'll, with? I'll go with nine. You'll go with nine. You should have just lined up with Corey because we got eight. Oh, okay. Let's great scout of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. Very nice job, Corey. Now we're getting to my ratings from Dimension Z. So basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie one through ten, one being the worst and ten being the best. Now come up with that thing right now. I mean, there is definitely an obvious one. Well, the one that... <laughs> what do you think, Corey? Meat hooks! What's a bad meat hook and what's a good Just meat hook? Just make something up. It'll be fun. <laughs> Gotta do meat hooks, man. I'm doing meat. No, meat hooks! We've no. said meat hook. We've said the word meat hook, like, more than it's ever, ever been said in an hour in this episode. What can I... What's a good meat hook? One that's not all rusty. This is my ratings from Dimension Z. I'm doing me. You made Greg quit. I Greg made me quit on Saul 2. <laughs> um, because there's so many of these movies that have so much to do with food and stuff that I would like a lot of times I'll like leave the movie like, oh, that cheeseburger they made and that looks really good. I'll immediately, as soon as the episode's over, go get a cheeseburger. 
this is like the anti-food movie because if anything it just makes you like you want to go on a diet just watch this over and over again because it's so disgusting so number one version of meat the worst version of meat is the meat that you see in this movie because it's all rotten it's all covered in mold there's like maggots in it and flies flying all around it the refrigerators won't even work agreed number 10 version of meat the best version of meat it's when like my dad will get like a prime rib and he'll like smoke it for like 12 hours and it like falls apart it's so good that sounds Um, good i'm gonna give the texas chainsaw massacre remake six pieces of meat out of 10 it's quite a lot of fun there's like i said like they will not leave the side of this mill for so long. And when you think they're about to, they don't still like, it's so frustrating. The meat hooks of it all, the <laughs> lack of a dinner, the lack of a great end dance scene, but there are also some really great parts of it. Like it is super disgusting looking um, the atmosphere in a good bit of it's pretty awesome, but it feels like the studio got their hands on it too much. Yeah. Um, I was just a little above you. I'm, I'm going to go six and a half kinds of meat out of 10. Um, for all the reasons you said, it's, you know, it's a well shot movie. It looks cool. The plot is like, the story is there. Um, it's just, you know, the lack of the dinner scene is a big one for me. Um, you know, the amount of meat hook. Like, so, you want some meat hook, but, like, you don't want a whole movie that's just, like, one long static shot of a meat hook. So, yeah, six and a half. I also went six and a half. I enjoy this movie. It was an early, like you said, Brett, like an early grab for me, like, that really got me into, like, this kind of movie. However, one, also, I'll agree with both of you, the meat hooks of it all. <laughs> My thing is, the family to me, they were all gross and disgusting. The sheriff was a standout. But they didn't have that, like, sideshow mutant, like, feel to me that, like, the original, and not just the original, the original and the sequels after. I want, like, my family to be, like, circus rejects almost, too. You know what I well, mean? I want like, Chop Top. They're so out there. Like, yeah, Chop Top, old man. Or, like, even Vilmer or whatever his name is. Like, as you're going down, like, Grandpa. Like, I get these ones are really dirty and scary. You can still have dirty, scary, but, like, make them stand out from each other, not just evil redneck family. That's my biggest, like, diss on it is that. But I don't want to take that away because, like I said, that beginning and ending bookend sequence is so good. Some of the other stuff is really good. So, yeah, I'm going six and a half versions of meat out of 10 also. This is like really a rare one where we all like almost line up. Like yeah, we're all like right in that ballpark. Yeah. But unless you guys have anything else, man. Come see us at Squonkapalooza. Yay. And we hope that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake has left your brain throbbing with horror. Alright, that's the end of the episode, guys. You know the drill. Follow us on all the social medias. Just look for the Throbbing Horror Pumpkin. Please rate us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And come back for next week for the next episode.